Greetings from the void and a happy, happy new year to all of our listeners. Welcome back to a new episode and a new season of Chronic Media Consumption. My name is Kelly. And I'm still Michelle. We're talking about video game adaptations that have been made into films or TV shows. It's kind of the, the inspiration of the content because this was a newer phenomenon. Video games did not exist, you know, in the early 1900s. And so this is something that's new inspiration and a new medium. And we're seeing it being twisted and changed and reused, kind of regurgitated into new forms. Yeah. And this is not to say that the adaptations of films and TV shows into video games. We're not doing the reverse today. That's a whole other bag. But we're going to specifically be concentrating on titles that existed as video games that somebody in a Hollywood studio went, yes, that one. We're going to take that. We're going to bastardize it. We're going to put it on the big screen and make many, 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 many. (laughs) And sometimes you're right. It was a bastardization. But more recently, it seems like they've been treating it pretty respectfully in a lot of cases. I've been impressed. The last two years alone, whoo. I think they've learned where they went wrong. At least I hope they have, because some of some of the movies that are on our list today, they are clearly money grabs based on the name. And it's oof, it was so disappointing for so many of these. Well, I'm, that's actually a really good point, because the thing with a lot of this early days in these adaptation processes was they didn't understand their audience a lot of people thought this was children's content they didn't understand that adults were consuming video games and many were designed for adults mature content i mean kids of course still got their grubby little hands on it but it wasn't necessarily designed for them and that was a newer thing because they were like oh well it's animated of course it's for kids oh it's silly bright colors of course it's for kids and i think fighting game of course that's for adolescent boys yeah exactly and i think that a lot of that was relating their different takes on things when they were going through and creating these stories or signing off on some of this i mean like who was involved in signing off on the mario brothers super mario brothers movie no honestly like the mario brothers movie we're gonna start off with this one because it is the first film adaptation of a a video game in at least the western world this this was this was a travesty probably from moment one bob hoskins poor bob hoskins (laughs) (laughs) was given one script and he signed on for that script and apparently that script had more to do with the original mario lore the original mario story and by the time production began that script had been rewritten so many times that what exists on screen today is nothing nothing like what the first script was and bob hoskins was very very close on multiple occasions to quitting this movie because it went so wrong so fast and didn't make any sense and they got bob hoskins because i think this was right off of his um who framed roger rabbit moment and that was that was a big thing for a lot of american audiences at least younger audiences to see bob hoskins because i mean 
I think I was in my late teens when I finally realized that Bob Hoskins is British. <laughs> and and uh, I, I was like, oh, had no idea. I mean, and then it, John... I, I Leguizamo. Never, Le, thank you. Leguizamo was doing amazing at this time period. And I think like a lot of people... Was he doing a lot of comedy at this point? He he was doing comedy. He was doing quite a lot of um, stuff. I think he was trying to branch out. And I don't think that this was the successful branching out that he was anticipating. <laughs> no, because he did this. And then I think he did Spawn as well. Because, yeah, he was, let's see, this was still pretty early on in his career because he did Whispers in the Dark, and then he went into the Luigi role. But like, I think of him in like Tu Wong Fu, yes. like ninety five, and he was in the Romeo and Juliet. And I'll tell you, with John Leguizamo, as far as Tu Wong Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. That movie, I love that movie so very much. But when I saw the previews for it, I was like, oh, I recognize Patrick Swayze. Oh, I recognize Wesley Snipes. Oh, and they're traveling along with this Latina woman. And, you know, maybe she has no idea that these are two men dressed up as women. <laughs> like, I was like, that was where my brain was at. I wasn't really fully paying attention. And then when I saw the movie, I was like, oh, he, that's a man too. And then slowly it dawned on me. I was like, that's Luigi. Oh, my <laughs> God. He makes such a good looking woman. And like, like, that was how good his drag was to me, is that he was 100% believable to me as a female. And I thought that that was just really great. It's off topic, but I love John Leguizamo. I think he is a fantastic actor and needs to be in more. And I mean, everyone's kind of having the John Leguizamo renaissance right now because of Encanto. Oh my god, but we don't talk about Bruno. But we no. should talk about Bruno. <laughs> There's a lot to say about Bruno. Yeah, so it, it's interesting how something that I think could have been a pretty interesting story was just treated as a throwaway money grab, like you were saying earlier. And, I mean, there's a lot of films that came after that, but they, they had financial success at the box office but they had it was a critical failure you know like people were just like this is terrible nobody should do this and so they're like yeah we're happy we're sitting on our little pile of money we don't need to do any of these things again maybe we should focus more on some of the simpler types of films and that seems to be where they went with like street fighter mortal Kombat. those as you were saying earlier kelly are targeting that you know adolescent male demographic that they understand and they're like oh and then we can sell action figures it'll be great <laughs> and they didn't put too yeah. much effort into those because they didn't think that the audience was going to be too critical of the situation and they're like they play pixelated arcade games they don't care and then there's the wonderful fact that like some of these games actually do have a very intricate and rich storyline mm -hmm. that the people who decided to make movies out of them didn't know that there they were storylines. They were just like, oh yeah, there are people and they fight each other. Let's move on and let's create our own story. And apparently that's what happened with, I think, Double Dragon, because that story, there was apparently a lot of people who were fans of the video game 
that there was a very rich story involved and they just left that on the cutting room floor. At least that's my understanding about it. I don't know for sure. I think you're right. I mean, like the people I've talked to who are fans of all of these different franchises just have a lot to say in regards to the complexity and what is forgotten and just not treated with the same amount of respect that we're seeing now. It it was a different time. It really it's it's so interesting seeing how these products and they're like, oh, well, it was because of the CGI. It wasn't that good. And I was like, no, it wasn't that. It was because they didn't value them as a core uh, of the content. I think I actually kind of get now why our video game adaptations are as good as they are compared to what the ones in the 90s were. Okay. And I'm going to, because this is something that I've been seeing in the film trend a lot lately. I just watched Ghostbusters Afterlife this weekend and Mm, it was mm -hmm. phenomenal. But I want to say 100% that this is based off of nostalgia. Mm -hmm. Because the people that are in charge in the Hollywood production companies right today are the people who played those games as kids, as teenagers, as like college students. They've probably played them as adults as well. So they know the source material. They have appreciation for the source material and they can actually do it justice. Whereas the people that were making the video games in the beginning, like with Mario Brothers and with Double Dragon, like they probably didn't play the games. They just saw it as a kid's thing. And they're like, we're going to make some money off of it. We don't really care about it. So I would say possibly and partially, but I also think that part of it is because the consumer base has aged to the demographic of people who have money in, in the view of the Hollywood elites. And they are now being like, well, these people are still consuming. So I definitely think that there are more people who are the consumers for this product in the decision-making roles. But I also think they're targeting us because people who are Gen X and millennial in particular we have that nostalgia piece. We have those, we we have not let go of these things. They're like, oh, well, you're an adult. You get rid of like the things you did in childhood <laughs> from my cold dead fingers. My pop collection says otherwise. <laughs> uh, exactly. You know, so there's, there's a lot more of that in adulthood and people who are creating this content are wise to that. And they have been improving over all the years the actual source material the video games have been getting insanely good cutscenes are cinematic and beautiful and they have live actors who are being recorded with all those little dots all over their faces yeah mocap motion capture yeah exactly voice actors are so well respected when previously it was kind of a funny nobody really talks about it area that you know only people in the industry knew or cared about certain people. And then those vo- voice actors were only used, the, the really good ones were only used for special projects, not for video games. Mm-hmm. Video games, like you would give it to your second cousin be like, hey, you're this person. Can you read it? Oh, thank you for picking me up at the bus station today, Susie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the most wooden readings of these these lines. Ooh. 100%. And so it's a different world and we've evolved in it. And I would say 
we are definitely reaping the rewards of the decades of people poo-pooing this because you know they have that whole hollywood scheme of the different cliques and the nerds that got pushed to the side or abused beat up that isn't really as reflective of american high school as people like to think like people are just living their life they don't click nearly as much as that but that was how the hollywood executives previously viewed these things because they were like that is a weird other you were that annoying kid you you always like had your broken glasses and were playing games in the break room or were going after school to go to the arcade we don't understand you and that's not as separate as anymore because it's so mainstream i can't yeah. Like, I can go out to the street and talk to any random stranger, and I'm probably going to be able to fall in, talk about a video game or a, a game on their phone that they play. Or a comic book series. Yeah. So, you know, MC, the MCU is so mainstream. It's so well done, and people try to <laughs> people try to gatekeep it, and they're just like, well, no, no, no. And I'm like, dude, literally everyone has seen those movies. Stop. Like, get off your high horse. It, it's and we not... all have access to Wikipedia so we can know what the original story from the comic books was and how it was adapted into the film. Yeah. So if we yeah, care calm to. down, brother. <laughs> yeah, if we care to. But like also, you don't need to. You can no. enjoy media in whatever form it is. You don't have to have the encyclopedic exhaustive understanding of all of the information before. If you want to, you can. And those can be great conversations. I have yeah. talked well into the night about random little minutiae from many different franchises. But I would never like judge somebody for not knowing these things. No. But, we mean, live currently in the era of nerd. Yeah. Like this is this is like we thought that maybe the the computer generation, like when computers really started to become the, the a big deal that that was the era of nerd. No nah, no. Nah, that was the precursor. That was the prologue. We are now <laughs> hardcore set into the era of nerd where nerddom is now so mainstream that in order to be considered a nerd outside of the mainstream is like i don't even know what like dungeons yeah. and dragons is popular we're pretty now. mainstream these days i know it's it's insane like i'm sitting there going, like when i was in school the stuff <laughs> that i was into people like looked at me and thought that i was like infected with something yeah yeah no i mean i remember being into D and in school but i got into it because my dad used to play it when he was in school and like it was not something that was mainstream when he was doing it but my dad was also programming computers with punch cards so like <laughs> he's been involved in the nerd side of things since the beginning i Same. mean my father also it's so interesting seeing this evolution though because like the 90s it, it doesn't feel like people were trying it was more like experimenting they were just like well, let's see if we can make some money out of this like cool they weren't going for it with the plan of this being a big success i think mm -hmm. what changed in the in the aughts in the 2000s was when laura croft came out when they did tomb raider because i think that the success of that having a big star like angelina jolie in it having a huge draw of people who weren't even in the video game world who didn't know anything about the Tomb Raider series and just were like, it's an Angelina Jolie action film. And they just went into it 
that is where it crossed the line from being just an adaptation of a video game to something that everyone else can consume without having the context. I think think that is definitely where the start of the modern good video game adaptations Mm -hmm. came through. Because I did actually, I did enjoy Resident Evil as well right after that. All of the rest of them can be left. I don't care for the rest of them, but I enjoyed the first one having never played the games. But like, (laughs) I enjoyed Lara Croft. I enjoyed Resident Evil. I enjoyed the second Lara Croft that came out right after. Like it was 2001, 2002, 2003. I actually, I really liked the Doom movie that came out. I wouldn't say it was a good movie, but I enjoyed yeah. it. <laughs> Carl Urban, one, like, hello. I had, in middle school, I knew somebody who had played the game. And he was clearly too young to have been playing this game based on some of the scenes that he talked to us about. And when he was telling me about it, and then I saw the the commercial in college for the new doom movie i was like i'm don't i think i'm gonna set this one out (laughs) (laughs) and then you see like after resident evil there was the silent hill they tried to get in on that as well and i think a lot of people really appreciated that movie but the the critics didn't yeah so there never was another silent hill they they did make another one in like oh i'm sorry a decade later almost yeah interesting yeah so they they've continued to make these and they they keep kind of picking and choosing and trying to figure out what's going to be the next big hit like i know they did the hitman series which i used to play and was really interesting and i watched that adaptation and i was like oh, this is it, it didn't hit you know it just it didn't have that oomph that punch the the far cry the oh god the terrible prince of persia one i wanted to like that I love the know, video game. When you when you see Disney getting into the video game adaptation game, that's when you go, oh, so there's going to be a lot of money being poured into these yes. things. Like this is this is a huge thing. Prince of Persia, the movie made over three hundred million dollars. That's insane, especially for how terrible of a movie it was. Yeah, you look at Jake all of Gyllenhaal the movies. is a Persian prince. Oh, yes, cool. Excuse me. Yes, his his big bright blue eyes definitely Persian. Um, Super. Well, I mean, if you look at if you look at the worldwide box office for any of the movies prior to Prince of Persia, they didn't even make one third of yeah. what of what prince that's, of Persia that's made. when it and really that's the exploded disney name. i think that was the disney name that really pushed it and the, the their marketing teams their production companies their they went in and they went hard yeah and then they made like so many different ones the warcraft movie i don't know if you've seen it um I have actually not. super moving i was like why am i so into this i want them to make a second one assassin's creed is hands down my favorite video game series. I've played almost every version of it. I have beaten half of them. I'm currently in the middle of Valhalla and I'm loving it. I beat all of Odyssey and Origins. So like, I'm pretty proud of that fact. But adaptation they had was definitely interesting. I mean, I love Michael Fassbender. It had some aspects that are recognizable 
from the series from from the games and they had their own thing that they were going into it didn't it, it had it was missing something it was missing that oomph it was similar to hitman like okay i enjoy it and there's aspects that are like well this is cool but it it was like a little hollow so yeah. it wasn't as good as some of the the others that i've seen oddly enough one of my favorites recently detective pikachu yeah, I saw that movie. I thought it was really delightful. Yeah. And I mean, I'm I'm always a fan of of Ryan Reynolds. So Of course. Yeah, you can't you can't stop me from that. But it was really cute, really delightful, and me I, the only knowledge I have of the Pokémon universe is what I've learned from the people around me cuz <laughs> literally everybody that I have contact with, friends, family, whatever, they ha- all all of them are into <laughs> Pokemon. I am literally the only person that is not into Pokemon. And I'm like, okay, that's a Pikachu. No, that's that's not a Pikachu. What are you that's talking about? That's a Raichu. Like, Come on. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Mewtwo? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> you did that on purpose. I know the difference. My goodness. <laughs> so it's, it's so interesting how they went through that one, which totally different than what people were expecting i don't think that that was at all what the fans were expecting the film to be but it ended up being very very good very well received i think it was really good because it really made you feel like you believed that there was a world yeah where humans and pokemon existed together symbiotically the world building was was on point and i think that's they the thing that a lot of these other ones kind of miss is they're trying really hard to recreate a specific person or storyline from the video games and the thing is those storylines have already been resolved that's the point of the video game but they give you all this world building and if you take that world building and you create something with it then i think you have a much better product and that's what we saw in you know detective pikachu it's also what we saw in the sonic the hedgehog film which is one of the best examples of the fans bullying them into creating or fixing something because the original design for Sonic was horrific. Oh, I atrocious. It was it was so bad. I was like, who signed off on this? And they're just like, oh, we're just trying to update the look. And I was like, no, bad. There was bad wrong with the original look. Like, what are you trying to do? Are you if they were trying to make him look, quote unquote more realistic in our world he's blue <laughs> he's blue i don't know what they were thinking with that i i understand that there was somebody involved who was creative and thought that this was their big break and i'm sorry that we're all shitting all over your designs but uh i'm just thank you fans for rallying because that could have been terrible but yeah. Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik, yes, please. So good. I actually really enjoyed it, which I wasn't expecting to. I was actually expecting to, what was that Easter Bunny one that was like terrible hop? I thought it was going to be like hop movie with James Marsden and Russell Brand playing the Easter Bunny. Oh my God. 
if I had any knowledge of that, it has been like barricaded in my brain. Well, James Marsden is now the guy who plays against CGI critters. He's played it in like multiple films. And so I was like, oh, no, it's going to be like Hop. And then it was not, which was better. And I was like, okay, this is good. I I had some issues with the film because of their representation of Sonic as basically a petulant teenager who had been isolated in our world for for years. It was weird. But the effects and the overall story and interesting stuff was cool. The introduction of Tails was cool. I'm wondering if they're going to bring Knuckles in later on. I was pretty sure that they are the Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which is due out in April of this year. I want to say that they've got Knuckles. I'm showing Idris Elba. Oh, 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 no. Okay. I already liked Knuckles. That's we'll see, man. That's that's going to be fun. Cool. Yeah, so I mean, they, there's so many of these that have been turned into films. And then beyond that, they're starting to make them into TV shows. So like Netflix yep. has really been kind of pushing the envelope on this. When they created the Witcher series and they <laughs> had Henry Cavill as Geralt. Whew. He grimes up good. Oh, he does. Oh, but let's does. also be fair. Witcher was an ad- was a video game adaptation of, of a book, a book series. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. the 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 fact is, the book is its own canon. The games are their own canon, and the series is its own canon. They reference each other. They are in the same world, but each of them definitely follows different stories and definitely has different characterizations none of them are true to each other if that makes sense right Um, but they are all what i think is that they all show how you can be referencing the original source material but going in your own direction and still keeping the heart of what makes it that title yes that is 100 percent and, you know, that one truly isn't exclusively based off of video games. Like Castlevania is another one that mm-hmm. they made that is based off of the video game. But, of course, it's a re- based off the original Dracula story and right. that, that whole fun thing. So it's not technically exclusively based off of that. The, the most recent one that they've been doing that's been really interesting is Arcane, based off of League of Legends and kind of the prequel backstories relating to these characters that everyone knows and loves and in such a way that even those who play the games were a little surprised and having to you know piece things together because they they didn't come straight out and say it was you know this character and the the new art style the amazing music the gut-wrenching moments that are you know leading up because some of these characters in the game series are just like complete crazy insane insane people and then you're like oh huh insanity doesn't come out of nowhere this makes nope. sense. Trauma. Trauma. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. Oh my goodness. And that that actually they're saying that they brought this out because they wanted to have more backstory to these characters because they're going to be making a new video game based off of the same characters that's going to be more Warcraft like, mm. more of an MMORPG. That makes sense. 
And so having these characters with this established backstory that everyone can follow makes it more likely that you'll be wanting to play out these characters or play against these characters in future game series. Yeah. Yeah. That I mean, I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> they they've been doing this and the thing that's so interesting is the quality, the production quality of these shows has gone up so much from where it was in the 90s. The amount of investment, focus, time, everything is so different than it once was and is so well received. Like they they end up being some of the most watched shows for yeah. like a week. They're like the number one show on Netflix. That tells you a lot because there are mm-hmm. a lot of viewers on Netflix. And everyone else is standing up and and taking notice. I mean, Amazon has a Fallout TV show coming up. Netflix has a crap ton of shows. They're doing a Assassin's Creed, Resident Evil, Devil May Cry, Far Cry. Paramount Plus is doing a a Halo show. I I don't know how that's going to work cuz Halo is really cool and it has really complex lore, but I don't, I'm curious how they're going to do a live action Halo. Is it going to be live action or is it going to be animated? I thought it was live action. I could be wrong. Because, I mean, that would be a very interesting thing to see that done. Like a lot of the Star Wars animated series, like in that CG kind of realm, they're taking on some fairly, fairly tough topics, but in a fantasy realm. And they can do it with the CG. So that would be interesting. Yeah, I think, but I don't it, know. I think it's live action. Oh, yeah, then I don't I don't know how that's gonna work. I mean it's I, I mix. It's I I still am supporting them. Yeah. Like do it right and people will be flocking to their couches to watch. Yeah. Hundred percent. And I I mean Steven Spielberg is the executive producer, so I mean come on. I mean I- Fortunately, I can say like, oh, he's he's fantastic. That's what I said before Ready Player One. Um, yeah. And then Ready yeah. Player One came out, and I was like, what is this bullshit? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Ready Player One is an enjoyable film that has nothing to do with the book. Anyway, yeah. So anyway, I'm looking at I'm looking at the upcoming announced video the la- game, The Last movies. of Us on HBO. I'm looking. I'm looking at the the movies that mm. are going to be coming out. Ooh, Uncharted coming out. Like Uncharted, next month, right? Yep. Tom Holland, and that looks like it's going to be actually pretty interesting. I think. I think it's going to be pretty good. We've got the second Sonic the Hedgehog in April. The rest of these are all to be announced, but they have been at least announced in the sense that they are being made or being talked about. But we've got things like. Five Nights at Freddy's, which has been quote-unquote in production or in pre-production for years now. Years. Yeah. I I <laughs> understand knows? right now the Five Nights at Freddy's is having another resurgence because they just had their most recent game come out. And I've seen and a Scott l- Cawthon has stepped back from being in charge of it all. Oh, I've I've seen a lot of people who are uh, cosplaying and and going into that game. I am so happy to see these people having a good time. But horror and any of those with pop outs and stuff, I'm like, I'm gonna hard pass. Thanks. Well, see, <laughs> I'm not going to play those games, but I will watch Markiplier or Jacksepticeye. I will watch them play and get scared because I laugh when other people get scared. That, that's that is that's true. how I do it. 
<laughs> That's true. I will watch a streamer play it. I won't play it because I try playing those games. Like, have you ever played the game Insomnia? Nope. Oh, God. Why? Yeah. Why? You know the games that I play. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I do. I, I play the Lego video games. I play the Mario video games. Right now, I just restarted playing Luigi's Mansion 3. So <laughs> it, Psychonauts is about as deep as I go. <laughs> Insomnia was hard. <laughs> and yeah. it's not. Yeah, it was an interesting one of trying to, like, keep track of your how much sleep you had and yeah then no. if you if you have too little you go insane it wasn't great yeah i'm, I'm good I, <laughs> I, i'm struggling with that in my everyday life i don't need to struggle with that in a video game where right? i'm trying to escape right from the real world nah yeah yeah <laughs> so apparently apparently netflix has announced that they're trying to make a mega man movie oh i gotta tell tony about that yeah, definitely tell Tony. He'll be very excited, or he'll he's, or he'll be very afraid. He'll either be very know. excited or very afraid, and he's also probably going to make a lot of commentary about their music because apparently the Mega Man music is like a big thing. I was for him, a, yeah. I was on a road trip with him, and he had the entirety of the Mega Man music, and it would play, and he'd be like, "Oh yeah, it's this level," and I'm like, "How the f- what?" Yeah, he's it's just. He's... It just sounds like okay, whatever. Sorry, other people get super into it, and I was like, I mean, that's freaking cool, man, that you know that. I don't. <laughs> so to know when somebody has has played or watched or listened to something so many times that it has become a part of their personality, <laughs> I get that because there are soundtracks like the ever after soundtrack is almost constantly on a loop in my head and there was a point where my mother had watched galaxy quest so many times that i could be walking past the room where it was playing hear one or two notes from the score and knew exactly what scene they were in who was going to be speaking and the word for word line (laughs) that they were going to say because that had been on in a loop in my house for so long I know that movie backwards and forwards. Like, I I watched it a couple months ago when I was like, you know what? I kind of feel like I want to watch this again. It's been a while. I'm feeling nostalgic. Let's go ahead and watch it. I sat there and I was mouthing the words to the entire movie. Oh, no. (laughs) That's when I was like, okay, I think I need to not watch this for like 10 years before I watch it again. But yeah, it it becomes like it it it's weird how that happens to some people where it just becomes so ingrained that you know exactly where that musical cue hits. And I I love that. I think it's really cool that he he loves Mega Man so much that that is like it yeah. I watched him play when we were at Vector Arcade Bar. I watched him play one of the Mega Man levels and he was like, oh my God, yes, I love this. And he's like trying to turn the volume up on the little computer with the emulator on it. And he's just like bopping when there's other music that's playing on, yeah, on yeah. the radio. <laughs> like, how can you hear that? He's like, and I'm like, what is happening? 100%. You're just like, okay, I learned so much from you. Like, yeah. I love those moments where you can deep dive and have somebody's hyperfixation and they can just tell you all about that. I love that. And I think the next video game episode we have, I think we have to have him on. Yes. Invite yeah. him on. Well, yeah. We'll see what we can do. Which yeah. topic would, would make him 
we the street fighter sure i don't know uh, i mean the, we we've just the, no we should we should have him talk about uh, specifically tournaments video game tournaments oh there you go yeah. that's interesting well i'm sorry i just i keep looking at this list and seeing that there's going to be a, dis- a just dance film is making my brain go no <laughs> i i know it's gonna be interesting and not i mean who knows who knows rabbits why rabbits because everybody liked them i don't know those things are horrifying those are weird yeah space invaders <laughs> Ah, see, a Space Invaders film is Pixels with Adam Sandler. (laughs) (laughs) Already been made. Yeah, Pixels is, it's not necessarily considered a video game adaptation. It is a movie that has references to literally all of the 80s and 90s video games built into one little little Mm -hmm. two-hour film. That was a trip. Yeah. A lot of big names in it, too. You I got liked Peter Dinklage. It. You got Josh Gad. Like, holy shit, people. <laughs> yep. I love that film. It's one of my go-to, like, shut your brain off and just watch it films. Yeah. But they have, they have so many movies and shows that are coming out. And I'm just, like, the momentum is picking up. And I talked to some people and they're just like, oh, it just means that we're running out of inspiration. And I'm like, okay, yes, like humans like telling stories. We've told so many stories since the beginning of time. But the people who are making the decisions with the money that are holding the pocketbooks, they're wanting to show a proven story that already has a built in audience, built in fan base. And that's why they're going this route. That's why. That's why the majority of the biggest blockbuster movies in the past 10, 15 years have been Marvel movies, have been video game movies. Like, that's because there's already an established core group of fans Mm -hmm. that you know are going to be spending the money on renting it on streaming so they can watch it first you know they're going to be the ones that are first in the theaters when we finally feel safe enough to go back into the theaters you know they come with an established like millions and millions of people that are already jazzed up to watch it and talk about it and Mm -hmm. and try and figure out what's going to happen next yeah that is the big draw the the amount of people who have YouTube channels, Twitter accounts, TikTok, TikTok. that are literally just dis- dissecting little trailers and teasers and snippets, the the casting and behind the scenes images, they they take every little piece and there's so much basically free advertising, free hype that goes into this because people are like, oh, going into this, they'll they'll have something controversial drop just so they can get it buzzing. Th- that happened with No Way Home. And like all of the people, be- oh, it's going to have this and all of their theories. And then they're like, oh, no, nobody's confessing. Everyone's saying no. And then you get to the end. And, ah. Ah, of course, I'm not going to. It's a great do... way of skipping over all of the real spoilers for yep. Spider-Man. Thank you. Home, Thank you. Okay. I loved it. That was 100% approved. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I was trying not to give anything away. But yeah, you just go through those whole things. It's it's so interesting that they do this and it's a strategy. But people still like we we dive in. I want to. I'll eat that stuff with hot fudge. Just nom 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 nom. Bring it on. Yeah. One, one of my favorite two channels on 
YouTube right now is Matt Pat's film theory and game theory. I love watching that stuff. The things that he comes up with, the things that he's he spent hours and hours, sometimes days, watching these things, going over them with a fine tooth comb, and playing these video games over and over and over again to stay to unlock every little piece, every secret, every bit of lore that he can come up with that he can put together into this puzzle piece and then relay and interpret a story that comes from that that is not on the surface level of the movie or the video game that takes dedication brother that takes so much dedication yeah hats off to you man and he's got a kid at this point like son i don't know how you have the time in the day but (laughs) good for you i am here for it i am definitely here to see how all of these things relate to another what they're hinting at what they're trying to misdirect us with like that's like the whole mephisto thing with loki or the whole Mephisto thing with the entire last year of the Marvel TV shows. Yes, all of those. Exactly. Yep. yep. We've, we've bounced all over. With we have, one. but like... It's it, been it's, a while. <laughs> it's all related. It's all connected because mm-hmm. we're not coming up with this stuff whole cloth. It, it's so interesting. Now we're living in it. And you, you, you go back and you just think about things that were not the norm, but it is now. Like... I remember being a kid growing up and watching the Tomb Raider one and being like, oh my gosh, this is like so cool. And then I went home and played Tomb Raider. And that was like one of the first times I was able to do that. And I will say the Tomb Raider PS2 game was not good. But (laughs) it was fun because like at the time it had great, great graphics. I I go back and play some of the old games I used to play and the graphics, I'm like, I remember straight up thinking that this was like a movie. It was not like a movie. (laughs) Our standards changed. I remember when we got the, when my dad got the Nintendo 64 and seeing Mario in 3D was like, oh my goodness, look at the graphics. They're so amazing. And then watching them now, now that we have the N64 emulator on the Switch that has come out with the Mario 64 and the Mario Kart and all those things. And looking, I can see the individual polygons used to make up his face. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, he's not so round. He's actually covered in a lot of points. He's a faceted gem. That's what he is. (laughs) Oh, but I'm really excited to see where things go because... You know, we're having entire scores written that are transformative. Video games are one of the most interesting studies in productivity because the music behind them, the lighting, the design choices are all meant to keep you focused, engaged, entertained for long periods of time. And they're reutilizing that for studying, for focusing in other parts of your life. That's why people listen to the Skyrim music for like hours while they're studying yeah there are fantastic fantastic scores made for these these seemingly you know just whatever kind of video games but you take those scores and you try and study or you try and write or you try and do whatever something that just makes your brain need to be productive that's what that score does it's Mm -hmm. tricking your brain into like just constantly going 
Exactly. And I think that's so cool. And in recent years, they've come up with things where they have the game pop up and say, hey, you should take a water break. You've been playing for six hours straight. Are you okay? (laughs) We're going to we're going to going to save your spot. And you go and, you know, check outside, walk outside and breathe some fresh air for about 20 minutes. We'll still be here. It's cool. Take care of yourself. It's so interesting because those things are then being turned into movies or TV shows. And there's a, like, I think the only way these have been as successful as they are now is because we already have the binge culture where we sit here and just consume media. Okay, I don't want to watch an eight-hour movie, but will I watch a TV show that has eight episodes, each an hour long, completely straight? Yeah, I'll do that. I have done that. Yes. I have done that all the time. Major things. <laughs> it's it's very funny that that's something that we have, and that's given them the platform and ability to create these. And I again, I'm really looking forward to seeing where these other ones go. I I see the list of shows that are coming down the pipeline, list of movies that are coming down the pipeline, and I'm just like. What a time to be alive, man! <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've got we've got the new Mario movie that's uh, set to come out December of this year with Chris Pratt being Mario. Ooh. I don't know how to feel about this. Ooh. It's not <laughs> leaning towards the good. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, maybe he's if he's just going to be Chris Pratt, just himself as Mario. I'm not going to enjoy that. And if it's going to be Chris Pratt trying to do a it's-a-me, weird Italian <laughs> accent, I'm, I'm probably going to be upset about that, too. So I don't know where this think, is going to go. I think I saw somebody who wrote, like, a, a thing about how the only way that they could see it being good is if Chris Pratt pr- played every role. Oh, no. So he was Luigi, <laughs> and he was Wario, and he was Princess Peach and Bowser. <laughs> Toadstool. I I would watch that. (laughs) I mean, I liked the Lego movie, but that was Chris Pratt being Chris Pratt, you know? Yeah, it was. I just, I don't know how it's going to be with the Mario movie. We'll see. I'm hoping it's going to be better than the original Super Mario, you know, even though that holds a special place in my heart. Like... Who, I mean, who, the who new looks one... at Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo and says, yep, the two of them, they're definitely brothers. Well, but the new one is, the new Chris, uh, sorry, new, <laughs> new Chris Pratt movie, the new Mario movie, it's animated, right? Animated. It's not live action. So, right, like, it is I'm, animated. Yeah, That's so... why I brought up Lego movie, because, yeah. like, it's basically, like, I'm wondering if they're going to be doing something like that, where it's going to be. A Mario film, but it's really a Nintendo film where it's bringing in all kinds of other Nintendo franchises. I mean, I know that they have Donkey Kong in it as well. Oh, there you go. Well, I mean, that that makes sense, though, because Mario did make his start as Jumpman in the Donkey Kong series. Yep, you're right. You're right. So, So, but who knows about the rest of them? We'll see. (laughs) ah it's gonna be interesting i mean i like a lot of the voices that are in it so one can hope i think we've really kind of covered this it it, this wasn't really a critique it was more of a commentary on this evolution and where things are going 
and how we're seeing this now that it's resurging into the mainstream. I'm I'm so excited that we're getting all of these things, but I'm also happy that it's being accepted that there's a broader fan base because the 90s and early 2000s when people were like narrowing it down to being like only teenage boys like these things it's like you're wrong i mean is that the reason why wing commander was cast with freddie prince jr and matthew lillard as the leads <laughs> as the two lead guys because i'm not sure why they cast this because they were tr- clearly trying to get some of the teen girls involved yeah because freddie prince jr at that time was like the guy to draw girls to the theater. Yep. I but mean, Matthew Wing Commander is fabulous, but Wing Commander was. Yes. No, Wing Wing Commander was not a good movie at As all. I was like, it's got no good mm-mm. people in it. I know. Oh, God. I mean, I I liked the Last Starfighter. That was that was a good movie. In a, ter- yes. it was a terrible good movie. It was one of those like it, cult classics. Yeah, that that movie that yep. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's true because like having Freddie Prince Jr. in there is basically like, okay, we're trying to get more than just the teen guys into it. But I don't think it. I don't think it succeeded. I don't think nope. it, they were able to combat the. I mean, I watched it, but I watched it when it came out on HBO. I wasn't gonna buy a ticket to go see it. Mm-hmm. You know, and what got me was the the weird freeze frame camera moving thing that they had used in uh, the matrix. They'd used that in this movie too. <laughs> and I saw that and I was like, Oh, that looks like it might be interesting. And then I watched it and I was like, it really was kind of nothing. Like, I don't understand what the movie was about. Like I think back on it now and I'm like, I actually don't know where the conflict was. <laughs> I barely remember the film. So I just remember the people in it. I remember. Yep. I. You know what it was? You know what it was? I bet you Wing Commander was Top Gun in space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what it was. <laughs> I think you're right. Oh, gosh. Well, wow. I, I definitely am loving that we are so far away from Wing Commander. There's still there's still badly made movies coming out in the video game space. There's still movies that don't have that heart and the the storylines that I feel don't do things justice, but we're getting more and more quality into this space. It's very very cool. And I guess And I'm mm. I'm certain that there are probably movies out there that have the heart and have the story and everything that just don't have the money mm-hmm. to put them on the main screens for everybody to see. I think that's a big thing too. Cause a lot of people that I think would really do these movies and video games justice are the people who don't have access to the world to get things promoted. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I will see where things are going, but I'm sure that we're going to be having some episodes of Chronic Media that are going to be talking about upcoming shows, movies. I could talk about The Witcher. I could talk about Arcane. I can go into any of these at this point. They are so cool. And I could literally do an entire episode about Yeskir and his bardly music. Evangelion? <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. But that's his English translation of his name. His actual correct name is Yaskir, which is translated into, I believe, Buttercup. And Buttercup was determined to be too effeminate. So they changed it to Dandelion or Dandelion instead because they thought that that was a little more tough. Which I think is hilarious because the entire point of his name is that it wasn't tough. But whatever. Yeah, he's not... he's, He's a bard. He's not even like a fighting bard. He is the one that just sits there and with a lute and goes la 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 la. Yes, and he writes <laughs> I am a wonderful your wives away from you la 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> and he writes some of the best you know like breakup music ever. <laughs> oh yeah. Burn butcher burn. Yes. Ah. <sighs> I need such heart. Oh man, I I love him. He's so mm-hmm. good. Mhm. I need to see more of him in the next season. Yes. He wasn't utilized nearly enough in this season. But I will admit his intro this season was flawless. Fantastic. Yes. Anything else to add about your takes on video game adaptations in movies and TV? Not so much, but I would love to see a Psychonauts adaptation. I think that would be fantastic. That would be be really interesting. I'd be down. I was going to suggest it. I I have no idea how they would work they'd probably have to age up some of the characters just for just for for stunt purposes and whatnot because like being a what an 11 or a 12 year old kid doing some of these like acrobatic tricks that they that they were done in that video game make him 16 you know <laughs> something like that make it a little bit more reasonable for him to have like a a major crush on somebody i don't know but I think that for that, uh, even the psychological aspects that, that are delved into into those games probably should be for a, a little bit more of an older audience, in my opinion. But that would make a fantastic TV show or film. I 100% would be here for that. Yeah, I wonder if I mean, Tim Schafer has spoken to anybody yet about making it into a thing. It would definitely be an interesting opportunity for them to discuss mental health that's true you know what now that i think about it because psychonauts 1 1.5 and 2 all took place over the span of like three days this poor kid and those stories have come to a full conclusion it would be interesting to have a tv show or a movie pick up after he has maybe just graduated from the Psychonauts Academy or is about to enter his last year, you know, and he's almost an adult and delving more into some of the crazier things that he's learned about himself as well as his teachers and this new looming threat. Like, that would be great. That would be really cool. Well, I gotta talk to Tim Shaver. <laughs> I will tweet him this instant. No, I won't. I won't. <laughs> cool well thank you again for joining us this lovely uh short i mean shorter but i think a a good return to this format for us we did take a lovely break over the holidays so you know thank you for coming along on this journey for episode one of season two can't believe we have enough to make a full second season right oh Oh, man 2021 was a weird year and this year they're all weird years at this point that's true that is a fact 2022 
electric boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you for joining us. We are going to be having a bunch of fun stuff coming in this year. We have a lot of cool topics planned and uh, mm-hmm. look forward to sharing them with you guys in two weeks in honor of valentine's day coming up our next episode for season two is going to be revolving around the topic of romance romance movies romance books in particular just in general the good and bad tropes that come along with them as well as the stigmatization of romance in general Mm mm-hmm So we'll be covering that fun topic next time. We hope you guys join us. Yeah. As always, I am Michelle. And I am Kelly. Thank you and (laughs) (laughs) bye-bye.